welcome to uh, the Sunday edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. On this particular episode, there's uh, myself, Barry, and Simon, and we'll be taking a look back at the Fleetwood Town game. Also looking ahead to Blackpool on Tuesday at the DW Stadium with our special guest, Jack Gorn, who'll be joining us later. Hi, Si. Hi, Barry. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Quick look back at yesterday's game, Fleetwood nil apiece. I'll run through the stats quickly, and then you can, you know, we'll we'll check it up from there. Possession was quite evenly split. Fleetwood had twelve attempts on goal to our eight. They had two on target to our three. Uh, we committed eighteen fouls to the sixteen. No cards given, surprisingly enough. But but Celeste without getting a red. So come to that first. That challenge on Chris Murray. What did you make of it? On f- on first looks, I- I'm saying I'm saying red card. And I think as you can slow things down and look at things time and time again, it, they, they don't seem as bad, do they? It's, it's not a great challenge, though. Um, I've seen people sent off for less. Absolutely. And uh, I, I disagree with you, actually. Uh, on reflection, I thought it was worse. I've seen it a couple of times back now. It appeared as though it, it was a stamping motion towards uh, Mary's leg. It was an horrible challenge. And yeah. I think you never even got a yellow for that, you know. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because we we've had players who have done done less in the past, I suppose, and got got sent off for for something similar. Uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, we had three players making the Wigan Athletic debut, and we had uh, one player making his Wigan Athletic home debut. And three of those uh, were defenders, so it was a makeshift defence. And to come away, uh, you know, not conceding a goal, I, I thought was fantastic. The, we'll start off with Zach Clough. What did you make of Zach Clough? I know that there's there's a player in there, isn't there? There's a good there's a good player in there as well. I, I don't think it was the best performance, but I don't think it was the worst performance. He had that clear cut chance, didn't he? Where I think either me or you could have scored. I think it was harder to miss. But it, it's your debut. It, you, you're in a you're in a professional football match. He's not had the game time recently, has he? So I think all in all, it, it was um, it was a, it was a solid performance. There's more to come though. What about yourself? Yeah, I I felt it showed. Similar to Gardner early season, you could tell he's not had a lot of football over the past few months. He, he did some very nice things on the ball. He he was tidy. And like I say, he should have buried that chance, but we've seen him missed. We've seen him missed by experienced pros who's, who's playing week in, week out. So we'll not all that against him. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, like I said, there's a player in there. And if he comes good for us, fantastic signing. The two centre-backs, Johnston and Whelan. Brilliant. Considering one of them only made it into the country in the morning, I thought together, how good did they look? I, I was really impressed with um, Johnston. And I think if your defenders aren't really making a name for themselves, you know, we speak about players, if, if they're going about doing a solid job, we didn't concede. New centre-back pairing, three of the four, back four new players, aren't they? F- fantastic. Johnston, for me, looks um, a real, you know, decent player. And Corey... I'm going to call him Corey. We're on first name terms now, me and him. You know, he, he doesn't look a bad player, do they? Neither look, look bad. Neither didn't look like they'd been, hadn't been playing regular first team football. Again, some shrewd bit of business. And it, it's good to see that we're bringing in players like this that can hit the ground running because that's the problem. When you sign players, you tend to have to find a bit of time to get going, don't you? So those positions, you don't have the time. You've either, you're either at the races or you're not. Yeah, obviously they played together previously at Liverpool in the under-23s were managed at that particular time by Blackpool's manager, who you know who, who were facing on Tuesday, Neil Critchley, who was who's the manager of the two. So we know all about them, but they, they have played together previously, and I think there was 
there was a little bit of an understanding between them both. You could see that. Yeah, it's it's good though that you know, like you say, one's one's only been in the country less than twenty four hours, and even if you play with each other in, in the past, you develop and change as players, don't you? You, you know, you, you learn different philosophies, etc. But yeah, very very promising. And Johnston, I think, was man of the match for for most most people, wasn't he? He was my man of the match. I know. Uh, I think officially it was given to or through the post it went to. Um... Dariqua, uh, who again I thought I thought had a good game and uh, he looked good going forward. Johnston for me, yeah. I, I, my question is, why aren't these players getting games at the the, the clubs that they come from? Are, are the players that are in front of them that much better, or are they just suited to League One level? Well, they, uh, this might be the level. I mean, they're both relatively young, aren't they? Uh, 22, yeah. 22 years of age, centre halves. I, I think we saw when we had Harry Maguire on loan that at that age. You know they're still raw for that position, aren't they? It's an experienced position. He's not gone on to achieve much, has he? <laughs> well, it just shows you, don't it? The missed chances. What do you make of the missed chances? Uh, I mean, we, we've already spoken about uh, Zach Clough, but Tom Pierce put two or three cracking balls across the face of uh, the six-yard box, and, and uh, we were whiskers away on a couple of occasions. And there was another effort for Callum Lang made by Dan Gardner. Uh, at the time, I thought he hit it at the post, but it looks like the keeper might have just blocked it on the line. Frustrating, isn't it? First and foremost, you missed out a Tom Pierce shot, which I think's just landed in Pillstock as well. It's frustrating now. I, I was making my notes before we come on. Lacking that clinical touch in front of goal, if it's just a one-off in, in this game, it's okay, isn't it? But we're only going to know at the end of the season how important two points gone here is. Because I think really think Fleetwood were there for the taking. On a different day, we could have had three or four. We're just not going to have a look at the green, rub of the green. And that's that. it's not just this season. That's happened in the past with us, hasn't it? You know, where we've not really taken our chances. It's, it's frustrating seeing them uh, missed, but we're creating the chances, which is promising. Tom Pierce, absolutely fantastic flying up and down that wing. He's more than a defender, isn't he? And someone that we've really got to keep hold of. Yeah, and for me yesterday, you always say you notice a good play when he's not playing, and I think we missed Will Keane yesterday most definitely. He has that little bit of little bit of extra class about him, and it showed yesterday. You know, for me, it did anyway going forward. Obviously, he's self isolating, so the earliest he can be back is probably next Saturday, isn't it? It just shows what an important player he's become, and and how much we rely on him. Yeah, that's right. Fleetwood's done and dusted. Nothing we can do to change it. We've got a clean sheet, which is always positive for us. I think it was just our fourth of the season, was it? I think so. And we're moving forward. We'll move on to Tuesday when there is a, another seaside town making the trip down the M6 and, and visiting us at the Zizel Stadium. We've got Blackpool at home, who early doors were on a good run. They seem to have faltered a little bit of... of uh, of late, although yesterday they, they played Brighton in the FA Cup, you know, just got a narrow defeat there 2 1, so they didn't disgrace themselves. In the build up to the game, as usual, we have a, we take a look at the referee, and I think Simon's doing the ref watch today, is that correct? Yes, yeah, I've um, I, I've done my due diligence and everything like that. I've got my notes here, and uh, Darren Drysdale is in charge. We've had him, we've had him in the past, and by all accounts, not really a bad referee, has he? He's from Lincolnshire. He's a 49-year-old sergeant in the RAF based at RAF Warrington. This season, he's refereed 17 games, issued 44 yellows and just the one red card. And he's awarded three 
penalties so far this season. When did he last ref us, Barry? I think it was in 2014, believe it or not. So he's not refed us for quite a while. Although, having said that, he was fourth official for the Oxford United game back in November. I was about that for a bit of trivia on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, well, I just thought I'd test you, see how you did. I know my referees. <laughs> also, you say he's 49. His birthday is on the 18th of February. He'll turn 50 then. Hey, I'm spot on here, aren't I? Yeah. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish this little segment on a high that, that we've got there. So, what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to move on, and we're going to speak to uh, a friend of mine from uh, quite a few years now, Jack. Jack. Jack Gone. He works for the Daily Mail, and he is a Blackpool fan. He's born and bred in Blackpool, and um, yeah, he's a he's a big Blackpool fan. And I spoke to him earlier this morning, and we recorded a little interview. So we'll we'll have a quick listen to that. Yeah, I'm uh, Jack Gorn from the Daily Mail, but also a Blackpool fan. Um, and I'm not sure which which of those Wigan fans will dislike the most. 28 points in 16th spot. Do you think it's a fair reflection of the season's gone so far? Definitely a fair reflection of, of how it's how it's been going. Uh, I mean, it's Neil Critchley's first first full season in in management, um, so it was always going to be it was always going to be a year of transition, particularly as there's been um, such a turnover in in the playing squad, uh, they made so many signings. They, they spent a little bit of money in the summer. They got a few players in before the salary cap, in the days before the salary cap came in. Um, so they they went for it um, to a certain degree. Started the season. Uh, they were playing well at the start of the season. They, play, they were playing really, really good football, but they weren't getting the results. They looked a little bit soft in key moments and were giving goals away at the at the start and end of matches, and there wasn't there wasn't a proper goal threat really. It was all everything was quite nice in the middle third, but we didn't have that bite in in either of the boxes. And then kind of since it's just I don't know they get a result every three or four weeks, which makes you think they're going in the right direction, and then they'll they'll follow that up with a couple of draws or a silly defeat. I think we were I think the support base were probably expecting a little bit more this season, but then when you look at it logically, given the amount of players that have come in and, and the managers trying to implement his his own ideas, it was always going to be something that was going to take time, particularly given the pandemic and we didn't have a proper pre-season because the style of football they wanted to play is completely different to what a number of those players um, were used to. You mentioned the manager though. What's what's your thoughts on him? I think the jury's out and we're not going to know for another probably another 12 months whether he's the right man or not. But he wanted the ball on the floor when he started um, and there was an insistence on passing teams to death, which obviously every supporter of every football club up and down the country, they want to see and they want to see that be successful. What quickly happened was that we were passing teams to nowhere, really. And there was, as I said before, there was no clinical edge to them going forward. They weren't scoring enough goals. And what's happened is that he's brought some, he's brought Gary Medine back in. And Medine wasn't playing at the start of the season. He's brought him back in and... To be honest, they've gone a bit back to front now and they go a bit more direct. And they still want to play through the through midfield um, to a certain degree, but they're getting a lot of joy out of going from centre-half to centre-forward, getting the knockdowns, and then they've got players that can play off him. The Critchley's kind of changed his, changed his ethos to fit the division. And obviously, I would assume that's a short-term measure to just make sure they get through this this year. And then we'll probably see him go back to what he wants and what he knows um, at the start of next season, or when we're definitely safe, maybe they'll maybe they'll revert back to that towards the end of this year. So with a second summer transfer window and a second go at trying to play, you know, four three three and 
counter-pressing and playing through the lines and all that jazz, we'll know more about him kind of, yeah, 12, 14 months' time, I would say. But they need to, I mean, the money they've spent, they need to go up at some point in the very near future. There's rumours of a half a million bid for Carl Joseph. What do you think of that? Well, we need goals. So <laughs> it's that's the searching for the searching for someone who, who's going to guarantee him a goal every week. They've been spread out. I mean, they've got a decent coming up with a decent partnership from from Yates and um, and Medine together. Well, they need they need options, and obviously you'll be able to tell me far more about Joseph than I'll be able to tell you. But anything that gives them that extra kind of dimension in the final third is what they're crying out for because they, they just haven't they haven't got any depth at the moment, and particularly with players injured and players having COVID, that just becomes more and more obvious. You mentioned Gary Medine and were quite aware of him because he's been around the northwest with Bolton as well. And obviously you've got Luke Garbutt in there who spent time on loan with us. Is there any other players that we should look out for? Three of the players that we're missing on Saturday that will probably miss Tuesday. We're missing our best defender, Ballard, who's on loan from, from Arsenal. Uh, he didn't play Saturday. Uh, Grant Ward didn't play Saturday who's a midfielder and, and uh, probably the, the their best player over the last three or four months, uh, Dougal, who they signed from from Barnsley. He was missing on Saturday as well. And Saturday was a day that they confirmed they'd had five COVID cases. Now, I don't know who, who's got COVID, but those three players were missing on, on Saturday. So you would assume the tight turnaround, they'll, they'll, probably, miss, they'll probably miss Tuesday as well, um, which is a massive blow, really. Um, and I was just looking through the through the team from the Brighton game and trying to pick out some some players to watch. They're a little bit bare bones at Brighton. Other than Medine, Robson's a very, very tidy footballer in, in the middle of midfield. Um, likes to get his foot on the ball, but as I said before, with the with the slight change in style, he's become a little bit more redundant in the last couple of months. Probably the one the one player who can change a game for us is Matty Virtue in midfield, who's got a lot of got a great engine. Likes to break into the final third. Critchley knows him well. He, he was Critchley's captain at Liverpool with the with the twenty threes before he um, before he signed for us. Uh, and he's the one that can really take a game by the scruff of the net. But the, the rest of them, it's all a bit of a muchness. Of a muchness I'm, to be honest. Uh, how do you see Tuesday night going? Draw, I think. Obviously, you had a goalless draw on on Saturday against Fleetwood, presumably because Fleetwood bored everyone to tears by passing it between the centre hours for 90 minutes. But you've had a you've had a lot of goals in games over the last month and we generally don't. I'm hoping we get a result one all. I don't, I don't think we'll win the game, unfortunately. My Simon uh, uh, he's uh, not overly confident is he about uh, Tuesday night. No, but it's interesting what one one player's name that stood out for me Gary Medine. Not a bad player. Not a bad player at all and He's one that, for me, me my player to watch. But it's interesting that he hasn't, he didn't start the season. He's been brought back in by, by Neil Critchley. But yeah, they've got they've got their issues as well, haven't they? They've got COVID issues, um, and which is you know is really affecting really affecting the first team. It's it's going to be an interesting game, really, because like I say he doesn't sound too confident. But have we got the? Can we put a team to the sword? Do you think? Do you think we've got it in us this week to do that? Well, Jack reckons there's you know three of the better players are going to be missing, including the defender. Maybe, maybe we can come out all guns blazing. I was looking for four points from the two games against Fleetwood and Blackpool. We've picked a point up, so 
you know, I'm hoping we're going to go for the win. Gary Medine, yeah, like you mentioned, he's uh, he, he moved to the Premier League, didn't he? he? From Bolton, he went to Cardiff. They paid a, they paid a million quid for him or something like that, a bit more. He, he played against us when we played at Blackpool back in October. He mentioned Matty Virtue, who wasn't even in the squad that day, so I don't know if he was injured or not, uh, as Jack mentioned him as his standout player. So we'll have to see on Tuesday what, what type of player he is. It's not somebody I'm overly aware of. They have a good full-back there, and uh, Jimmy Osmond, he's been around quite a bit. And, and Luke Garbo as well. Now, I spoke off uh, with Jack about Luke, and he, you know, I think he rates him more than what I rate him, to be honest. I didn't think he were anything special when he played at, at Wigan Athletic. No, no, I agree with you there. Previously, we've met Blackpool 48 times down the years winning 21 of those games, losing 17, and making 10 draws. Our last home win, the last time, because we, we, we seem to do better at Blackpool than what we do at home, our last home win was on the 23rd of August, 2014, in a 1-0 win. Do you know who scored that day, Simon? Oh, Tim Chow. Oriol Riera. Is really? He's an only goal for us, yeah. And we all thought that was the start of something. But when you look at the team that day, I mean, with James MacArthur was in the side. I, mean, I think we beat Birmingham the game after that as well, didn't we? And we yeah. thought we were going to have a good season. And obviously, we ended up getting relegated. Last time at home was in February 2018. It, it was the game before we played Man City in the Cup. And uh, we lost 2-0. Now, whether the City game had any bearing on that result, I don't know. But that season, we went up as champions. How do you see, how do you see the game going, Sai? Well, I was hoping uh, you would answer that one first because I want your predictions um, for, for the Prediction League. Um, I think it's going to be a tight, tight and cagey affair because obviously Blackpool, everyone wants the points, don't they? Everyone's fighting, everyone's fighting. We've got points to prove. You know, someone like Zach Clough might come out and have a, a, better, a better game. I don't know. It depends how we start for me. Always how we start. We started very well against Fleetwood. I hope we start very well against Blackpool, get out the blocks nice and early and get going. If we do that, I, I can see us getting the three points, but we've got to be clinical. We need to be taking those chances. Uh, so for a score, I, I'm going to go for a 2-0 home win. I think we'll keep another clean sheet. Yeah, well, listen to Jackie. He says that they don't tend to have a lot of goals in their games. Well, we do. When you think back to the game at Blackpool, I mean, a narrow 1-0 win for them. Kalkai scoring the goal for them. I, I think I would def- defensively, we looked so much stronger on Saturday. We just looked, for me, the strongest we've looked all season. And considering that three of those players were new to the team, fills fills me with confidence. I think it's something that we can build on. Uh, going forward, I thought we looked really good again. Uh, we bring that into the game on Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I, I see us... Simon, um, keeping a clean sh- sheet like yourself. I'm going to go for a more a more close game and I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 win to Wigan Athletic. When will that goal be scored, first or second half? I think the goal will be scored early in the second half and uh, we'll just keep possession and uh, and that's how we'll see the game out. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm going for a, for a, a 0-0 half-time. I know what you're after. 0-0 half-time, 1-0 <laughs> full-time. Kieran, get, get that locked in. Right, okay, so so Blackpool. Reading the press this morning, I mean, there's been a bit of news about the takeover, hasn't there? Uh, Alan Nixon yesterday saying that 
the there is a bidder gone through to the EFL, so fingers crossed that's correct, and it's flying along, and the EFL do their due diligence, and the owners and directors test this week, and we can have another positive come next Friday. Also, it's been mentioned that Cal Joseph has been subject to a fantastic personal offer by Barnsley, trying to tempt him away from the Latics. Paul Stanley's or all, all, the administrators already mentioned that it'll take a bid over £1 million to get them to sell him. I'd say not for sale at any price, if I'm being honest. Um, obviously, any price, you know, within reason. If somebody offers £10 million, then he's, he's going to go. What do you make of it? What do you make of that bid? Derisory. Derisory. No, I, we, we need to keep hold of him for as best we can. Like you say, if, if the offer comes in and it's ludicrous, then it, it can only help the club. But we need him. He's, he's scoring goals for us. He's, you know, he's a very important player. Hopefully we can form a um, prolific front three with uh, the lads that have come in as well. So, yeah, for me, not a chance. Yeah, and uh, from his point of view as well, I'd say that if he waits till summer, he's going to have a choice of clubs as well. I mean, he could stay with us, negotiate a good deal, or he could move on. He could move on to a, to a championship side and get a bigger signing on fee, demand a bigger contract because he's he's out of contract with us. Hopefully, hopefully, he sees sense in his stays put. Uh, whether the admins accept any bids or not, it doesn't matter. Another surprise today, what's been reported, is that Tom Pierce is the subject of a loan bid from Bristol City. Now, I find I find that a little bit strange, that someone would come in and offer him a loan deal at all, that the uh, administrators would just turn that down anyway, sending a player out on loan of Tom Pierce's quality. Yeah, it's, it's very, very strange, isn't it? Um, that It's like, obviously, it's that try-before-you-buy kind of situation, but... We're a club that we can't afford to be loaning out players. We need one of our one of our prize assets and you know star players. Again, a ludicrous, ludicrous thing to to come to a club with because you're not really going to force a club's hand by saying, "Oh, well, we'll take him on loan and we'll pay his wages," because we've still got the player at the end of the uh, at the end of that uh, period, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah. So again, I hope that's an, a complete non-starter. Joseph and Pierce, I think, are so important to our survival this season. We've got to keep them, keep them on board, and see what the summer brings with, with them to concern. I've no doubt we'll have updates on that situation come Wednesday for our next podcast, Simon. Yeah, and let's just hope we can get to the end of this month to next Sunday, a week today, with the squad still intact. Because obviously, with no owners in, we can't go out and splash the cash in inverted commas, can we? So we, we just need to see it out, keep the squad, let Latics gel. Ah, let them gel. Right, okay, on that note, let's go and enjoy some Sunday lunch. Up the ticks. 